You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents Chalk Talk. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Friday edition of Chalk Talk here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I am Renee Canales. He is Big Mike Rifkin, our producer. It is Friday, April 5th, 2019, a gloomy day in New York. Uh, it was hailing a little it bit, actually. hailing, yeah. I was actually kind of shocked. I felt stuff in, in the top of my head. I'm like, why does it hurt? <laughs> Even know, with the hair. <laughs> you know what they say, though? What? With April showers come, come May flowers. flowers. And Renee doesn't like flowers, so it's okay. I can't garden either, so. Yeah, no. Nah. I remember my parents used to love making me garden. Uh, and then it came to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. My mom tried once. It <clears throat> didn't work. So The last time I did it, I got attacked by, mosqui- by mosquitoes. My entire, I had at least 15 mosquito bites on my back. Mm. In, fi- in a five-minute span. I was like, I'm done with this crap. I'm never doing this again. Never. Never. I didn't have a mosquito bite till probably about 11 or 12 years old. Well, you were deprived as a child. Uh, <laughs> Big Mike, how's your Friday going so far? So far, so good. So, Yourself? Not bad, not bad. Yesterday was an interesting day. Uh, Yankees actually got a win yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, beat the Baltimore Orioles. The home runs came around. The only way the Yankees know how to score runs. Eight runs all came off of home runs. Gleyber Torres had two yesterday. Luke Voigt had one. Gary Sanchez hit one to deep center field. Um, we'll touch on that a little bit later on, but the Yankees finally get a win uh, against the Baltimore Orioles in their first game uh, in the first game of their um, uh, of this uh, weekend series. Uh, the Mets lose their home opener yesterday to nothing, uh, three nothing actually against the Washington Nationals. Uh, the Jets' new uniforms came out yesterday; they were unveiled um, in a whole big, nice little ceremony. Uh, Mixed emotions, not not nothing crazy, nothing to fall in love with, but they're not that bad either. New uniforms with same old Jets. Uh, hopefully not, because we made some <laughs> uh, key free agent signings this off season. So hopefully, you know that within itself, uh, you know works out well. We got the number three pick in the in the NFL draft. Uh, there's still rumors of whether you know thoughts and uh, of whether they're going to move down or. Or we just saw a uh, Mel Kiper Jr.'s and Todd McShay's uh, mock draft on ESPN on NFL Live. They have Josh Allen going number three to the Jets. Obviously, they can't really predict any trades that will happen because mm-hmm. you never know. <clears throat> but they have Josh Allen going to the Jets, which is something that, you know, a position that they need, which is a pass rusher. So there's that. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about the Final Four. Uh, those matchups are going to be insane tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's going to be a wonderful day filled with sports. Yes. Um, we have Michigan State going up, going up against Texas uh, Tech. Yeah, that's the late game. That's the late game. And then we have Virginia Speedies, Virginia Cavaliers going up against the Auburn Tigers. Uh, Bruce Pearl's uh, Auburn Tigers, which uh, both Texas Tech and Auburn made, made their first Final Four appearance in school history. Uh, so that's something to look forward to. The experts, the experts don't really give, you know, the the you know Texas Tech all that much of a of a chance. Uh, Auburn is another one that's kind of like iffy on the you know, 
sort of on the on that line of whether oh they're gonna make it they're gonna pass Virginia or oh no they're just going to really not do well against Virginia so we'll touch on that a little bit WrestleManias this weekend very excited about that very excited about WrestleMania stupendously excited I'm just uh-huh. we'll we'll talk about what matches you know we're really looking forward to mm-hmm. um you know what do we expect any surprises I actually saw something the other, uh might have been earlier this week or might have been yesterday Taker is expected to be in the area yes uh so oh, Uber excited about that. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Same. Oh, uh, man. If you get to see Taker, man, you got to take some videos. I, I, you, I will you, try. You, you got to give me so, you got to give me something back, man, because that, that's my. That's your guy. That's my guy. That's okay. my guy. I've seen him, I think, tw- once or twice. I saw him at a, at a Raw Live event mm. um, right before, actually, WrestleMania, right before the streak ended. Uh, that WrestleMania in Brooklyn. I mean, the uh, Raw in Brooklyn. Uh, the week of WrestleMania. Okay. So, obviously, Raw was on Monday. WrestleMania was that Sunday coming up. Ends the streak right there. Mm-hmm. It was against Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So, uh, ex- super excited about that. Um, we're going to touch on uh, possibly a little uh, Josh Rosen news, uh, quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, on whether they are planning to move him or not because he is expected to attend to go into uh, off-season uh, workouts with the Arizona Cardinals, expected to be there, expected to you know be business as usual. Uh, and the Cardinals did something really interesting. I'll talk about later too. That's cool with me, man. I, I I'm here for that. And you know maybe a little bit more. We'll get into the everything. Oh, Glenn Sather de- uh, obviously deserves some uh, some talking about as mm-hmm. well. Glenn Sather, um, one of the uh, front office uh, officials for the New York for the New York Rangers of the uh, of the NHL. He's stepping aside. He's uh, taking a different position with the New York Rangers, uh, sort of like a senior special advisor. senior advisor to the owner, which is obviously James Dolan. Um, so pretty, what, pretty much what's happening is he's stepping down uh, from his post as president. as president of the team. They will conduct searches immediately, uh, and uh, Jeff Gordon will remain as the general manager of the New York Rangers moving forward. Which he should. Which he should because he's done a great job. Yeah, he's done a re- he's done a really good job so far, in his what one to two years of that he's been a general manager now with the New York Rangers. Yeah, two or three took his post. Yeah, um, so we'll touch on that. But let's start off, I guess, with the final four, right? Okay. Uh, does that seem appropriate? That seems appropriate. <laughs> all right. So we have uh, in the first matchup, we have Auburn going up against Virginia. Um, Auburn, we all know, was a, a lights out three point shooting machine. In this tournament, they did it against North Carolina, um, and uh, and pretty much what was a lopsided win, which we no, nobody really expected it no. to be as bad as it was. North Carolina was absolutely uh, just ripped Shell-shocked. to shreds. Shell shocked. Shell shocked is is a good word because uh, I think we were in here last week when that happened. Before that happened, uh, I was in here talking with Matty Caps, and the only way the Auburn that Auburn was going to win that game. Was if they hit every single three that they, that they chucked up, and they did it. In and the dude, yeah, they did it. They did it. Shot like sixty percent. I mean, which is unreal, unheard of. And then you're going up against a Virginia team that um, was taken through the ringer a little, a little bit in, during this tournament. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they came in being that only team 
in NCAA men's tournament history to lose to a 16 seed last year, which was UMBC. They were able to get through the, you know, get through that first round matchup against Gardner Webb, and then from there on, you know, they they were in some really really tight battles. Um, they they get the the uh, regular the regulation time uh, game time shot, um, and obviously move on from that game. Big Mike in this matchup, mm-hmm. Virginia against Auburn. What do you see happening in, in this one? Do you see Auburn? continuing to hit their three-pointers, or do you see Virginia locking them down and being that team to overcome that and actually make it into the championship game? Well, I think the big key for Virginia is they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to run Auburn off the three-point line and maybe make them beat you with medium-range jump shots as opposed to the three-point shot. Make them beat you down low. Mm -hmm. On Virginia's side, still on the Virginia side, but – Offensively, they haven't played well. No, they have not. They have not played well. Even though there are games where they play at their pace and they keep winning, they still have not played that game you expect Virginia to kind of. They have not blown out an opponent. They have not necessarily taken control of a game to the point where their opponent is grabbed by the the throat or by the jugular or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it and and really put at their mercy. They have not made it easy on themselves. Mm -hmm. But they're there. They are there. They were they they were that close. Yeah. They were that close to losing in the Elite Purdue, Eight yeah. to Purdue. I'll say this though: I think the team who can, the team who can force the other team into more turnovers, I think will win the game because both teams thrive on turnovers. Auburn led the SEC in turnovers. Virginia's one of the best defensive teams in the nation. Mm-hmm. So I think whoever can force the other one into more mistakes will win the game. And also, don't be surprised the big. The the big from Auburn, Cheeky was the kid who's out. The kid who's out, Okiki. Okiki. He's gonna obviously miss the game with yeah. the torn ACL. So Virginia could exploit down low, maybe DeAndre Hunter, uh, Jack Salt, and then you go you went from the inside out with guys like Guy and Jerome. It's gonna be a very interesting matchup. I mean, just just looking at it, Auburn. Uh, definitely has impressed in this NCAA Final Four run. Oh, yeah. They've beaten Tennessee, uh, obviously uh, North Carolina. They squeaked by New Mexico State in that first game. Remember, we were watching it here. Um, They were literally a layup away from being taken into overtime or even possibly losing that game. Uh, But instead, the New Mexico player kicks it out over into the corner for the three. Three gets airballed. And Auburn wins the game there. And Bruce Pearl was. I mean, we 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 haven't seen an animated Bruce Pearl like that in a very long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know that kicked off their their NCAA run, their NCAA tournament. They beat Kansas as well. They beat yeah. Kansas in the second round. Tennessee, North Carolina. So and, and go back. They beat Kentucky and Tennessee to win the SEC yeah. title. Tennessee. They beat them in a span of ten days. Yeah, twice. Yeah, and, they, Which, and, and Tennessee was one of the favorites mm-hmm. just simply because of the season that they had. Just the overall team from offensive and defensively, they were one of the most complete teams in this tournament. And they're home. And now they're home. And Auburn is in the Final Four. Auburn is in Minnesota right now. Mm-hmm. That's how well they played. Can they sustain that? We'll see because you just mentioned it. Virginia is a much better defensive team. Mm-hmm. Well, both teams are well, very both good. Well, team both teams are very good. Jared Harper is a big key of mm-hmm. uh, of, of what uh, what goes on. So, 
like you said, it, it, if Virginia can rely on these guys to actually go out there and play a a, a, a sound game, force some tone to some turnovers from on, on the Auburn side, it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Who do you choose in this game? Can can you can you? Can you safely make a pick without double-thinking it? I could try. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Yeah. You, it, it's hard. It, it is. Because you don't. Because you can't really feel comfortable with, with picking either one unless you're Speedy Petey. <laughs> you're right. You're right. 100%. <laughs> so if I, put you, if I put you on a lie detector. Yes. Hook you up to a lie detector machine. Mm-hmm. Can you safely make a pick? Yeah, I could probably safely make a pick. Think so? Yeah. It won't go off. It, it might, I don't know. <laughs> so let's let let's make that pick. You make All that right. pick right now. Right. Auburn, Virginia. F- first things first though. First things first. I I'm want, the realist. I, no, I want dual uh, camera screens because I want one camera on the game and one camera on Charles Barkley. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah, cuz I'm sure CBS he's probably will do going that. to be sweating through his suit in the studio tomorrow, unless they're doing it live from Minnesota. Which that they too. Might too. That, that might. Yeah, that might be. He it. might run under the court at some point. <laughs> he might go out there and play some defense. He might go out there and play some defense. <laughs> All right, so Virginia Auburn for a chance to go to the NCAA tournament final, the championship game. Who do you have, Big Mike? The Virginia Cavaliers. Ooh. I don't. We know somebody's cringing right now. I think it'll be close, but I think the depth of Virginia can play with, with guys like Salt, Diakite, DeAndre Hunter, Kyle Guy. I think that'll be a big difference for Virginia. It's known to get sort of buckle. Auburn can continue. Right. Pick? No. Auburn will not continue to make threes at the rapid pace that they are. Because you can only do it for so long. Hmm. I say Virginia squeaks by. It won't be a a a a a, a sound win. It will not. Right. It's gonna it be will close. come. It will come down to a few turnovers here or there in the last five minutes of the game. It'll be a close matchup. It mm-hmm. really will be. I think so. I think Bruce Pearl has these guys ready to play. Oh, he will. He will have them ready to play. There's no doubts about that. Coach B at Virginia will have these guys ready to play as well. Yeah. The gift of the, the gift of Bruce Pearl. <sighs> just to keep the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> that's just what it. That this is the that's the intriguing thing about these college basketball games in the tournament. It's just it's Anything so hot. Exactly, it's so hot and cold from one game to another. I don't like the amount of time that goes by in between games towards the end of the tournament. I don't like that. You also got to remember they're students too, so they're going to class probably. Which is why you get it done with over, over and done with quickly. Yeah. Get but, the NC, but the NCAA's got to make their they money. They got to make their money. They got. They got to make they their have money. To. They have to. We can't pay the athletes, but we can make our money. <laughs> topic for another day. Correct. I know it's a topic for another day, but no, no. I'm just saying, like you know, that can be a conversation that can be held. Oh, I know. At a different time, but I mean, it it, it is true. NCAA is making all the money in the world. These college students aren't getting paid for it. But 
I'll I'll take Virginia in this one. I'll take Virginia in this one. I'll take Kyle Guy Diakite. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be a a, a force in that game. Diakite. Yeah, I think so. Let's move on. Uh, game number two. I think which is the most intriguing game out of this out of the opening in this. He had a one mirror playing a mirror if you're Michigan State. Because Texas Tech is going to try to play that similar style to they mm-hmm. to which they do. I think the key is going to be this. Can you stop Cassius Winston? The offense of Michigan State rolls right through Cassius Winston, and everyone knows it. Nobody stopped him. Duke couldn't stop him. Whoever else, uh, Bradley couldn't stop him. Michigan State's just a good basketball team, and they're always going to be there. But if you could stop the quarterback, Cassius Winston, you've got yourself a chance of your Texas Tech. I, I, it, 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 the Bucks ends. The buck starts and ends with Cassius Winston. Mm-hmm. He is the best point guard in the country, right? Now, obviously, in college basketball. I mean, the, this Michigan State team was just just annihilated with injuries this, this year. Mm-hmm. Going in the college basketball season, Joshua Langford out. Kyle Aaron's out, a limited Nick Ward. So that that deplete that that team was depleted. Cassius Winston absolutely took over in this college basketball tournament. Yes, um, like you said, they're both pretty good defensive teams. Chris Beard, just like you said, wants to emulate what Tom Izzo has done with Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Just that 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 suffocating defense, offensively good. But I don't think he'll be able to stop Michigan State. I don't think he'll be able to stop Cassius Winston. I think Cassius Winston has his best game yet. Wow. And that's saying something because he's had a really good He really has. But that Texas Tech defense is is something to talk about. Oh, it is? Because, man, what they've done in this tournament has been unreal. Held Gonzaga, who led the nation in scoring to 69 points. Gonzaga average and Gonzaga, who who, li- who lights up the scoreboard, yeah, score close to ninety a game, held down to sixty plus points. Mm-hmm. I'll take Michigan State in this one more convincingly, uh, not n- not convincingly in the sense of, of score, but more convincingly within myself mm. that I feel like Michigan State will take this game. Okay, it, it'll also be close because I think defense will really take center stage in this one. Mm-hmm. Like you, like we said, both teams play really good defense. Both teams score really well. But I think Michigan State's offense is just a tad bit better than than Texas Tech, and that will supersede anything on defense that Texas Tech throw, that Texas Tech throws at them. Um, with that being said, like I said, Michigan State will win this game. It'll be Michigan State against Virginia. Begrudgingly, <laughs> in in the NCAA title game, mm. but uh, there's something that tells me that Auburn's going to win that game against Virginia. There's really something that tells me that. Your inner Speedy. Yeah, yeah, it might be, man. It might be. I've been around Speedy for a while, so I'm starting to sort of think what he thinks in a sense. I'm starting to feel that hatred. No, no, no. I'm you not. feel what he feels. I feel the heat, bro. <laughs> I feel the heat, bro. Uh, I don't know. I might be going back on my decision to pick Virginia. 
Well, I think that's the great part about these two games is either team – we could see either team winning either game. Yeah. That's very true. You know, that's the great thing about the Final Four is we want to see the best games possible. We don't want to see just blowouts throughout the NCAA tournament. We want to see great games. Auburn ranks third in the nation with 11.5 made three-pointers per game. They've upped its average to 12.8 on 40% shooting since the start of the SEC tournament. When you're hot, you're hot. Yep. His team is averaging a modest 70.4 during the NCAA tournament, but it's a testament to how efficient the Tigers have been, especially against both North Carolina and Kentucky. But that's the thing. Can they keep up with these three-pointers? Can th- th- You live by the three, you die by the three. It's sort of like with the Yankees. You live by the homer, you die by the homer. You're right. But but that's look at, what, just look at yesterday. Yeah. Yankees scored eight runs. All off of home runs. I think the big thing is how is Virginia gonna defend the three point line? Are they gonna run Auburn off of it? Are they you know, what's that that game plan gonna look I like? I mean, chances are their coach is going to get them ready. And prepare to run them off the three-point line. Because why Why would you do otherwise? Right. So, the plan. if that's the plan, can Auburn find another way to beat you? I think that's the biggest storyline for the game is could Auburn find another way outside of the threes to beat Virginia? What type of defense will Virginia be playing in this one to keep them off the three-point line? Because if you're trying to keep them off the three-point line, then obviously you're a little more vulnerable on the inside and in the paint. Yeah, but they've got bigs. They like do have D- bigs. Diakite, uh, oh, 100%. Jack Salt. 100%. And, and can Auburn pound the ball down low? I think that's the bigger question there. Can Auburn pound the ball down low? I, I think that's the bigger question. Yeah. It's not like they're at the one-yard line. They're going to hand the ball off to Ronnie Brown, man. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I see what you did there. Pretty good. Thank you. One for one so far. <laughs> one for one. Not even just on puns, but just overall, just <laughs> the way you do things, Big Mike. Is the, just, w- the way I do things. Yeah, that, it's that's the best thing about you, man. It's just the way you do things. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So that's that's something to look towards in this game. The type of defense that Virginia will play, mm-hmm. and can Auburn. With being pushed off that three-point line, can they get around that and pound the ball down low and score? Because if, if not, then you're going to have to look for fouls. Yes. Get to the free throw line. Make your free throws. Keep yourself in this game as long as you can to the point where you can start breaking down that, that defense on the three-point line and hopefully get your, your open looks. Mm-hmm. Because chances are... At some point, at some point, you're going to be able to break break it apart. And if you force turnovers, transition, yes, transition threes. It's you know, it's sometimes like you know teams that play the zone. Yeah. At some point, you're going to end up breaking up that zone, that zone defense. Oh yeah, we've watched enough Syracuse basketball to know. Exactly. (laughs) No, you're 100 percent right. 
We've seen enough enough of that basketball where you can break up that two three zone. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm not saying that Virginia's going to play a two three zone. That's not what I'm saying. But at some point, Auburn will get their luck. Exactly. Yep. That's what I was trying to get at. At some point, Auburn will find a way to break that defense. We'll find a way to get those three points up. Will they? That's the question to ask. Wait and see. Tomorrow. First game, what, 640? 6.50? Same difference. Yeah, something like that. 6 o'clock game, Virginia-Auburn. Nine, the 9 o'clock game, Michigan State-Texas Tech. The road to the Final Four ends there in Minnesota. And somewhere Kirk Cousins will be yelling, you like that, in Minnesota. I don't think they like that in Minnesota. Not, not yet, anyway. <laughs> With the way that season ended last year? No. No. No, not even close. <laughs> man, it smells really good around here. Thanks, man. I did my laundry yesterday. Well, last night, so my clothes smell really good. I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you see a scenario in which Auburn and Texas Tech actually win both games and, and they meet themselves in the, in, in, in the championship game? Yeah, you, I could you, definitely you, see a you scenario. You think so? Yeah. I think Texas Tech could beat Michigan State. Yeah, I don't know. You know, obviously we don't know if they will or not, but – Hey, man, they play as good of defense. And Jarrett Culver, the way that kid's playing right mm-hmm. now, they got the other kid, Moreno, who shoots the ball, lights out from three. Texas Tech is as dangerous as any other team in the field. They've raided the field. Oh, I see what you did there. And, and look. They first raided the Big 12. They raided the Big 12. Then they lose to West Virginia. And then they raided the their region. Beat up Gonzaga really good. Oh, yes. So, now we'll see how they fare against the team they kind of emulate. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to our first break. And we'll be back here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Chalk Talk. You're, you're, You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Ted Chalk Talk on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, for those of you who are people who are interested in, you know, numbers and stuff like that, Virginia's a five-and-a-half-point favorite right now over um, over uh, Auburn. Game 6-0-9. 6-0-9 start. Um, yeah, pretty much all the experts on, uh, especially on ESPN, that's where I'm looking at this stuff. Mm-hmm. All have Virginia. Uh, four out of the five have Virginia winning this game. Four and, out of and the ESPN experts would be Jay Billis, Seth Greenberg, mm-hmm. those guys. Okay. And then for Texas Tech, Michigan State, they're all, they're like flip flopping. It's it's close. Well, that's what the Final Four is all about, man. It's all about flip flopping and being hard to choose between two teams. Did you know that only point five percent? Of the population that does these brackets, had the correct Final Four. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. Neither am I. Yeah. Oh, neither am I, for sure. Out of the few brackets I did, I probably had one. I of actually these teams had Texas Tech. I actually yeah. had Texas Tech in the uh, Final Four, but I had them going up against uh, Duke. Yeah, I had Virginia in one. 
for sure. Did you I didn't have Auburn. I, I, no, I didn't have Auburn. No, I did not. I know Jimmy had Auburn. J- Auburn is his team. He has stuck. He has stuck with Auburn the entire trip. <laughs> he really has. Since this tournament started last month, mm-hmm. he has gone with with uh, Auburn. He had the eye of the tiger before anyone uh. else saw. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful, being Mike. <laughs> that one, that one was golden. I like that one. You like that one? No, nah, that right, one was cool. good. First one of the—that's uh, your first like real one, real one of the day, and I and I appreciate it. I really do. Um, but let's uh, let's move on from the final four a little bit. Okay. Um, the Yankee. Let's move on to baseball real quick. Mm-hmm. We'll get the baseball out of the way, and you know, then we'll move on to the other topics of the day. Sure. But the Yankees finally got their win yesterday against the Baltimore Orioles. I'm I'm saying finally as if like you know they haven't won a game this year, but <laughs> it, it felt like forever because of the fact that. You know, the injuries started piling up. They weren't hitting with runners to score in position. They weren't getting that, that situational hitting down. Um, yesterday starts off a bit rough. James Paxton gives up three runs in the first inning on a balk, a wild pitch. Um, home run. A home run. Second pitch, yeah, of, second the pitch of the game to Jonathan Villar. Um, it, it was a tough, tough beginning for James Paxton, but he got it together. He had nine strikeouts in the game last night. Um and they finally hit. They finally were able to hit. Glaber Torres gets a gets a home run. I believe it was in the third inning to to cut the the the, the lead down to three one for the Baltimore Orioles. Then Gary Sanchez hits a home run, makes it uh, four to two. And then Glaber goes yard again, hits a three run homer, makes it five to four. And then at the end of the game, Luke Voigt hits a three run homer, making it eight to eight to four. Um, it's it, it's obviously a win that the Yankees not desperately needed, but definitely needed going into this series against Baltimore because you can't lose the series. You really can't. Took a step in the right direction with that win yesterday uh, against the Baltimore Orioles. But Big Mike, moving forward, um, the, do you see the Yankees sort of getting over that little bit of a hill that they you know that they encountered to start this season? Um, I sort of see it that way. Mm-hmm. Because they finally got runs on the board, um, and yet it looked yesterday looked like they kind of were a little more comfortable. Well, I, I don't think anyone's ever going to question the offense because of who's in the. Lo- I, I know with the injuries, people are going to say, you know, Stanton's not there, Tulo's not there, yeah. Hicks isn't there, but you still have guys who have on the back of the baseball card still have the numbers. Yeah, Aaron Judge. Gary Sanchez, who, you know. Who sort of seems to be, offensively at least, obviously a lot better than last year, mm-hmm. which was an abysmal year for him. Yeah, he can't hit 180. He can't. But, he, I mean, he's upwards of 200 right now, which is, you know, he's known for relatively slow starts a little bit. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. A lot of guys are known but for he's hitting, he's, he's hitting the power. He's hitting for power. He's obviously hitting the home runs right now. He has three so far in the season. Um. See, Which, the number of home runs for me on him doesn't matter. No, it, it's more of the batting average. Yeah, that's why I'd be more concerned. And obviously the play and the behind strikeouts. the plate. And, oh, well, he's going to strike out a lot. Mm-hmm. He really is going to. If he could cut that down a little bit, you know. I but think- you know what? That, that, I'm not saying it's not important to the club, 
But it's not that big of an issue because they're relying on him more for the home runs. I know. I, I And they are very home run reliant. Oh, oh, we, we've seen that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've seen that already. Yeah, but, you know, listen, take care of business against the Orioles, and then it's Houston. Yeah. So. And then it's. Then it's the Red Sox, who Houston and the Red Sox aren't off to solid starts either. It's Houston, White Sox, then Red Sox. Oh, it's Houston. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're watching the White Sox now. and Yeah, White Sox up 3-1 in their home opener against the Seattle Mariners in the top of the second. Uh, one out already. Uh, but, yeah, Yankees off day tonight. Which I, I don't. I, I hate the Friday off days. I do, too. I hate it. I do, too. It's so annoying. The Mets are off today, too. I know. I know. And they laid an egg a little bit yesterday. Oh, big time. Big time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the Yankees have J-Hab going uh, for them tomorrow, going up against Dylan Bundy. Uh, Bundy, who pitched the first game of the season for the Orioles against the Yankees, has a 7-3-6 ERA right now. The Yankees sort of lit him up in, in that did game. Did he pitch opening day? He did because Alex Cobb had a little bit of a groin issue. So he yeah. pitched their home opener yesterday yes. against the Yankees. Okay. I, I could have sworn Bundy half was the matchup down in the Bronx. but I'm, No, no, no. Dylan no. Bundy was uh, – Was he opening day? Yeah, okay. against Tanaka. Okay. Uh, but, yeah – if the Yan- obviously the Yankees will get out of the rut, they'll find a way to get these victories. They'll find a way to get the wins. Just beat up the Orioles. Yes, that's that's all I'm asking for. Beat them up. <clears throat> beat up the Orioles. Beat up the Blue Jays. Beat up the Tigers. But, by the when way, when you face them again in September, did did you see what happened yesterday during the Yankee game? Chris Davis, the Baltimore Oriole, Chris mm-hmm. Davis struck out, mm-hmm. and the fans booed him. Oh, <gasps> so so wait. And someone put put on Twitter, I don't remember who it was, put, this is the guy they signed for seven years and $160 million, yet Manny Machado's over in <laughs> San Diego. You think the Orioles want to redo on that one? Do you think? They'd get rid of him now if they could. They just can't seem to find a way. That contract is disgusting. That's almost like the Albert Hainsworth contract. Of oh, that, there's nothing baseball. like Albert Hainsworth. Nothing like Albert Hainsworth. That contract is in a league of its own. <laughs> he didn't even want to do his what? His, his physical. physical? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's in a league of his own, brother. I'm sorry about that one. Uh, what? Chris Davis booed by Orioles fans. It sounds about right. Sounds about right. You're right. <laughs> it. It's des- it's well deserved. Though. Oh, of course it is. It's well deserved because he had fifty six or fifty seven homers that contract year, and then the Orioles said, "Oh, hey, we'll sign you back." And then he went years. on to hit what one sixty, one sixty something for the year. Oh, Chris Davis, you're terrible. You're a terrible baseball player. <laughs> your brother Ike was better. And your and your cousin Chris in uh, in Oakland is pretty good as well. Oh man, that that, that kid's mashing. Oh, that kid is mashing. He is. He does. Uh, but other baseball stuff. The, the Red Sox lost again uh, yesterday uh, after having a three nothing lead to start the game, uh, and they absolutely imploded. They lost. They lost that one. Uh, Mets had their home opener yesterday. Didn't go as well as they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. But then again. This is where the issue comes into play. Okay. Because the, the, the scheduling geeks in baseball, 
I don't know what else to call them. <clears throat> I'll call them scheduling geeks. Okay, sure. <laughs> How do you have a team playing a night game in Miami, then flying up to New York to play to play their home opener at one o'clock? The team doesn't get in to New York until three in the morning. Oh, you you want to know why that was? Because people in the Major League Baseball front office. The, the schedule geeks. No, 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 Oh, this no, is no. just a... The, 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 this is a baseball thing. Okay. You know the random drug test? Uh-huh. They randomly drug tested Dom Smith after the game on Wednesday night. Oh, so that's why they... So the plane was delayed, I think, an hour or so while they tested Dom How Smith. How does that make sense to, baseball, to Major League Baseball? How does it make It's not like the team was in Philadelphia. It's not like the team was in Washington. They it's were downtown. Like they were playing the Yankees. They were down south. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's still a th- it's still a 3-hour plane ride. I know. By the time they get their 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 you know their luggages and and by the time they actually get you know off the team bus or whatever it is that they go up and meet at Even- by the time they get home it's 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning by the time they get to bed, they have to be up like 2-3 hours later. Just to arrive at the stadium. Yeah, if you want to do the afternoon game, which I have no issues with. Four o'clock would have been more three, decent. Three, four o'clock, absolutely. Like the Orioles did. The Orioles come from Toronto. Yeah, they they, they played at three o'clock. They played three o'clock. The four, a, four, a three or four o'clock game would have been more reasonable. And, and now, not making any excuses for the Mets because. They still had to go out there and play the game. Right. Both teams had, had to f- go out They there. had five hits. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it was just. Syndergaard uh, pitched well enough. Syndergaard to- pitched well enough to win. Yep. The, the offense was the culprit. Anemic. Yeah. So, and look, they're five and two. Let's not get carried away. No, we're not going to get carried away, but it's. I, I'm with you on the scheduling, though. I, I don't. Baseball or just, you know, professional leagues in general have to do a better job of scheduling these games, especially if it's like a home opener. Mm-hmm. You know, that during that opening week, you have to do a better job. Because you want you want to see the best product on the field, mm-hmm. whether the team is good or not. And in this case, the Mets are always, you know, the hottest team in baseball during the first two weeks of the season. So you know you're going to get something good out of it. But the fact that the team gets in and gets to bed four thirty, five o'clock in the morning just to get up at seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock, to be at the stadium by nine o'clock for a one o'clock game, it makes no sense. Right. Scheduling geeks, man, you need to do a better job. Yeah. I won't argue that. And the Mets aren't the only team. It's not like we're making a big stink out of it just because it was the Mets and it was in New York. You, that happens to everybody. You, you know what else bothers me about the schedule? Because I was going through for next week for Whatever he's, I was just looking around. So you know how interleague is now a two game series. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, same. So the Minnesota Twins are coming to play the Mets next week at City Field. Next week. Okay. Next week. Okay. So Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. So you would think Tuesday's a night game, and Wednesday's a day game. Wednesday, Tuesday's the day game. Wednesday's the night game. No, two night games, and then the Mets go on a plane to to Atlanta for a four game set with the Braves. Well, you see that's not that bad because no, it's the, not. you know, you're, you're playing a, they're playing a seven o'clock game. Oh no, at I, that point. 
But we're used to, you know, maybe that Wednesday would be the day game because, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, that Minnesota that within itself will sort of fix itself. They, they'll play. Obviously, Wednesdays are mainly known for the day games. Yeah. So, travel day. Yeah, travel day. You, you'll mostly see that. But another thing that pisses me off about baseball, scheduling-wise, is the fact that, you know, we, we used to have the Sunday night games at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. The home team never traveled after that Sunday night game. Usually, it's always the road team that has to go to a different different destination, and the travel is annoying, especially when a game ends at eleven thirty, twelve o'clock. And no team should have to play it, Monday. That, well, that's the thing because yeah. the team has to play on that Monday, and now instead of being not well rested, but instead of being rested, they're with no sleep, playing against. You know, either they're going from East Coast to West Coast or, you know, the middle of the country to the East Coast, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not necessarily fair. This week. But it is professional sports. So what the hell do I know? This weekend, Dodgers-Rockies Sunday night game, mm-hmm. 8.30. Wow. In Colorado. Wow. 8.30? 8.30 is what it said online. Really? Uh-huh. Sunday night? Sunday night. I actually have the MLB app up open over, over right here. 8.30? That is wild. What? That's the ESPN game? No. What? That's <laughs> insane. 8.30 start? Yikes. What's baseball doing there? Your guy A-Rod's going to need his coffee. Well, he's going he's gonna to have some trouble breathing. <laughs> He'll make headlines in Colorado for the second time. And then the next day, the Dodgers play at home in St. Louis. 7.45 start. The Rockies play at home against the Atlanta Braves. See what I'm saying? The home team rarely travels after their Sunday night game if they play a Sunday night game. That away team, the traveling team, always has somewhat of a a long plane ride. Going- Colorado to St. Louis is, you know, good two, three hours maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just thinking. Sure. But it's still the process of getting everything ready, taking a shower, getting out of the stadium, getting to the airport, getting on the plane. Hopefully there is no issues with travel. Then getting to your destination at a decent time where you can sleep. But, I mean, it is a night game, so it's not going to be that much of an issue. Right. But, but even still. still Going to bed three, four in the morning. Up at you gotta be at the ballpark of what? Three? Mm-hmm. Two? Yeah. And by the time you actually cool down and everything, get to bed, it'll be five in the morning. It's 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 it takes its toll. It takes its toll. But and it's early too, which is like, it's early in the season where we're you we're know not even this. in that stretch of June, July, August. No, it's not like days. it's Yankees Red Sox from Yankee Stadium and Boston's going back to Boston. Or vice versa, the Yankees are going back down to the Bronx. It's not, you know, that's that's not what it is. But eight thirty-seven. I thought ESPN games were now at seven o'clock. That's what I thought too until this week. That's insane. Unless it was like weather related. No, but, that but, can't be weather related. No, you can't do that. I, I'm. That's no, I know what you, I know what you said. Yeah. You can't do that. What? No, there's no way. If you're gonna make all Sunday night games seven o'clock, make, make them seven, seven o'clock. o'clock. Doesn't matter if it's four o'clock in the Rockies. It doesn't matter. No. Or five o'clock, whatever it is. Two hours, three hour difference. Doesn't matter. Make right. them all seven o'clock. 
Just how, like, you know, back then there were 8 o'clock games. But 8.37 start? That's ridiculous. What if somebody on the East Coast wants to watch the game? You're going to have them up until 12.30 at night watching this freaking baseball game? Come on, schedule geeks. Get it right. Unless you're a diehard Dodger or Rocky fan. I mean, chances are I'm going to be watching that game because I don't sleep at night. So chances are I'm going to be watching the game. Hmm. I just I love the game. I love I love the game of baseball. So like, yeah. just like you, if there was a a ten o'clock game scheduled in you know on the uh, on the hockey on the hockey, uh, oh yeah, sure, absolutely on the NHL Network or on NBCSN, you're going to be watching the game because you like the game of hockey. You love yeah. the game of hockey. I love the game of baseball too. I would you know you're, if I'm around, I'd yeah. If you're going to be if you're going to sure. be if you're going to be up and there's nothing on on TV to watch or you have a a chance to choose, you're going to throw on ESPN and watch the game. That's yeah. how I am. Yeah, just like tonight. I got soccer on ESPN tonight. I got I got the LA Galaxy playing the Vancouver White. I'm going to be watching the game just because I love the game of soccer. Yeah, but it's a ten o'clock game. What the hell am I going to be doing? <laughs> you know, like March why the hell around. would I want to be watching soccer at ten o'clock at night? Exactly. March around in your Seattle Sounders jersey. Go, go Galaxy, go! Seattle Sounders jersey. Good job. Thank you. You named the team. Not bad. I I, I don't know much. I know. I know some of the teams in MLS. All right, name some of the teams. Let's see if you right, can. We got right. Portland Timbers. Okay, we obviously got the Seattle Center, so that's Seattle number two. We got the Galaxy. DC United, New England Revolution. Tom- DC United play uh, tomorrow against uh, another LA team. LAFC. Yes, that's okay. fine. Three o'clock start. If you guys want to watch it on Fox, NYCFC, Hate the them. Red Bulls. Let's go, baby! <laughs> Game tomorrow night, seven o'clock against Minnesota United. I didn't know there was a team. Uh, Dallas FC. Flip it around. FC Dallas. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's eight teams. Not That's bad. Eight teams. How Atlanta? Atlanta what? United. All right. Not bad. Did you say New England? Oh, the Revolution. Oh, I just named it for you, but whatever. Ten. That's ten <laughs> teams. Okay. LAFC, Seattle Sounders, uh, the Portland Timbers. You already said that. Okay, I'm going through yeah. in my mind. It's about all I've got. All right. Uh, Minnesota does have a team. They are actually is opening. Is that a new team? Started la- uh, two years ago. Okay. Actually opening up a stadium next week mm. in Minis- in St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay. Um, Colorado has a team, Colorado Rapids. Other oh, Rapids. No. Tim Howard plays there. I don't know if you know who Tim Howard is. Yeah, he was the national goalie for the U.S. men's yes, team. Yes, he is the, uh, or as he's known nowadays as the Secretary of Defense, mm. uh, Tim Howard. Yes. Um. Orlando has a team. Okay. Uh, Columbus has a team. Oh, the crew. The Columbus crew. Um, <laughs> San Jose has a team. Is it still the Earthquakes? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. If you could tell me what their name was before that, you, you're taking over the show. Oh, so the show is yours. I can't do it. Oh. <laughs> I don't have it. San Jose Clash. I wouldn't have known that. Would you know what the, da- the 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 team from Dallas was before they were before they became FC Dallas? No, Dallas Burn. Uh, feel the burn. Chicago has a team. Oh, the fire! Yeah, they might be changing their name, their name actually. Do they play at Soldier Field or they no? used to play at Soldier Field? They have their own stadium. Okay, cool. It's called uh, Seat Geek Stadium. Everything is so corporate. It's so corporate <laughs> nowadays. The Galaxy have changed the name of their stadium like seven times in the last decade. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like Dignity Health Sports something crap. It used to be Stub Up Center and the Home Depot Center. I mean, 
Jeez. <laughs> Terrible. And then um, you have and then you have a, a team that plays on a baseball team, whatever. <laughs> um with that being said, let's go to break. When we come back, the official start of the, th- of the 3 o'clock hour here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, this is Chalked Up. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to, to Chalked Talk on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 3 o'clock hour here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Chalk Talk. I'm Renee Canales. Joined in the studio by Big McGriffkin. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know was. what is going on in my head right now, but it's just going on. It's just happening. Fair enough. Happening. It's Friday. It is Friday. 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 <laughs> Who said we shouldn't sing that song out here? Was that Fogs? I don't know if it was Fogs. It might have been Fogs, I think. It could have been Fogs. Whatever. He's not here anyways. He's not here. <laughs> Official start of the 3 o'clock hour here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm Renee Canales, joined in the studio by our producer, Big Mike Rifkin. Uh, spoke baseball, spoke uh, Final Four of the NCAA Men's Tournament. Uh, we're going to move on to the New York Rangers a little bit. Uh, they had some news, not necessarily about the team itself, but about their front office, a little mm-hmm. bit of a shakeup. Uh, Glenn Sather, the longtime general manager, uh, the president of the team of the New York Rangers, has uh, has informed everybody, has informed the organization, and the organization has informed us that he will be stepping aside from his role as team president, and he will be a an advisor to the owner of the team, which is obviously James Dolan. Um, Glenn Sather has been the architect of this Rangers uh, team for years and years. Um, obviously put together the team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, just four years ago. Uh, four or five years ago mm-hmm. against the Los Angeles Kings, which, uh, you know, the, unfortunately they lost uh, in, you know, the series four to one on a goal by um, Alec Martinez, uh, which till this day I still cannot watch. Um, but a lot of great memories that Glenn Sather has given us as as general manager, as team president. Um, Big Mike Griffin, obviously you're more of the hockey guy. Mm-hmm. Um your thoughts on what ha- what's going on with Glenn Sather, um, you know, the role that he will play, and moving forward, where the Rangers will now go in terms of finding a president, uh, a team president. Because we, we know, it's been said, Jeff Gordon will remain the general manager of this team mm-hmm. moving forward. And we've said it here, even with Baccioni on, he's done a really good job of yeah. constructing this team. The way he wants The to. way he wants to with the coach that he wanted to in place. Mm-hmm. And this team, believe it or not, many people might not like it because of the fact that they've lost so much this year. You know, it's not something we're used to seeing from this Rangers team in this decade mm-hmm. or since Henrik Lundqvist has been in net for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. But they've lost 35, 36 games this year. Um, not a lot of people are used to it, so a lot of people are frustrated but with that, but it's a process. They're retooling on the fly, how, as we like to call it. Your thoughts on on uh, on Mr. Sather stepping aside? All right. I am. I will say this. I was not the biggest component of – I was not the biggest fan of Glenn Sather. Mm-hmm. I always felt that the way he went about business was totally – Wrong, because he always went after the big guys, big guys, big money, and big money. 
obviously New York that's going to draw a little bit of attention to you. So you go out there, and I believe he took the post in 2000, mm-hmm. Glenn Sather. So right away, the first few names you think of, Eric Lindros, Bobby Holik, guys like that. But then you look at moves he made, and you say, you know what? That was great. Remember after the first lockout, he was able to bring in Yaramir Yager. And then he made that check line with Yager, Nylander, and Marty Straka. Oh, man, what a line. Uh, brought in Tom Rennie to coach the team, which really yep. worked out. Was able to bring in a guy like Brendan Shanahan, who, nope. yeah, he was towards the end of his career, but still that veteran presence and a guy the fans would love. But he's also made moves where it's, like, questionable. Oh, of course. Scotty Gomez. Uh, I was a big proponent of Scotty Gomez. Were you? I was. Eh. I was, a big prop- I was a bigger proponent of Drury than Gomez. That's where I was going with next. But Scott Gomez, just to spite the devils, was okay with me and my oh, book. He spited us very well. He sp- he, you know what did he, though? Because he, he wound up getting traded for Ryan McDonough. Yeah, but. Straight up. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. I was straight up. And he, I don't think he ever scored for the Canadians, did he? No. Or maybe he, once. He had a scoreless <laughs> drought of 100-something games. He broke Rookie it at the, the Nassau yeah. Coliseum against Rookie the Islanders, Islanders, and I believe Rick DiPietro. And Howie Rose on the call goes, Scott Gomez hasn't scored in 110 games or whatever it was, and he scores against the Islanders. <laughs> and whoever was doing color goes, how fitting is that? <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you know, so Glenn Sather, listen, the past few years, he's taken a step back. He's let Jeff Gordon run the team. Obviously, Glenn has... Some in, had some input on what Jeff yeah, did. Yeah, of course. But it's Jeff Gorton's team now. And Glenn Sather wants to step aside. Maybe he wants to go be a grandfather or, you know, be with his family more. Fine. Go do it. All the best. Thanks for everything. Now just let tell Jim Dolan to let the hockey people run the hockey team. Which Jim Dolan has. Yeah. Because Jim Dolan doesn't interfere with the Yankees. I mean, with the uh, Rangers. I was looking at baseball. Sorry. Wow. With the Rangers. Wow. When did the Steinbrenner sell? Jim Dolan does not stick his nose in the Rangers operation. That's Glenn Sather's baby. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. That's That's Glenn Sather's thing. So whoever they bring in. I get it. Jim Dolan is is going to end up signing, you know, the money or whatever the check, but he needs to do the same thing and stay away from their operation. He needs to butt out mm-hmm. because anything he touches turns to the Knicks. Crap. Yes. Sorry. I guess you could talk about the Knicks, right? <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> but, but but there's but not as many distractions. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, just look at how this team has functioned in the last, since the lockout. Let's just put it there, mm-hmm. since the lockout, because that's when I started watching hockey. Since the lockout, I've been blessed to see this team in the playoffs every single year, ex- mm-hmm. except for two or three. One being uh, the the game they lost against the Philadelphia Flyers. You remember that, right, in the shootout? Oh, yeah. Brian game, game, what, 82? Game 82. Ole <clears throat> Jokinen, I will never forgive yep. you. That one. And then they go on this unbelievable run. Eastern Conference Finals, playoffs, Stanley Cup Finals. Um, 
you know, and yeah, obviously we've hit this rut here where we're, where where you know they've gotten rid of the Rick Nashes, the Ryan McDonoughs, the Dan Girardis. But they put out but the letter. They, but yeah, they did, which is I think the smart thing to do mm-hmm. because that's not something that Jim Dolan would do, and it's not something New York fans no would necessarily be on board yeah. with. But this team has been so consistent with winning. You could be a- they. You know, at some point, you are going to have to go through this moment. Mm-hmm. The Yankees did it just two, three years ago, four years ago, where they went through that rut where it was after the Jeter uh, retirement, the Mariano retirement, the Posada retirement. You mm-hmm. go through those moments where you have to sort of regroup and bring in the young guys mm-hmm. so you can get up to that level again. Right. That's what the Rangers are doing now. Yeah. Look at the all look at all the young guys that they have on this team. Mm-hmm. Literally, this team is one of the youngest ones. Since the trade deadline, it is the youngest. Just look at who they put on the ice. Game in and game out. Obviously they have a Lundquist, but they put out Georgiev more often than not. You have players like Neil Pionk, Philip Heedle. Uh, every now and then when they bring up Anderson. Yeah, he, he had a beautiful Ooh. goal the other night. Yes, he did. Yeah. Absolutely. But then you also have, you know, that that veteran presence in Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, who's been on the team for a while now. And Zibanejad, 25, I think. Yeah, Kreider's and he's still, yeah, yeah. and yeah. they're all young. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking veteran presence, Mark, Mark Stahl, Stahl, who's yeah. over 30 years old. Yep. Henrik Lundqvist, obviously, who's at the tail end of his career now. Mm-hmm. But you have the right mixture of young and old. But and that's people have th- bought in. The fan, uh, yes, the fans and the players have bought and in. And that's all thanks to what Glenn Sather, Glenn Sather has done in the latter years of his career as a front office executive with the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. He is the one who makes the moves for these players for this team. Obviously, you need to be a, you need to get it approved by the owner, but he's their mastermind behind it all. Yeah, he was the mastermind behind the cups in Edmonton. Yes, the, the, the with one, the Messiers and the Gretzkys. The one thing he didn't do was win a cup here. And listen, as got a, close, he got obviously. as close as he could. He's gotten as close as anybody else has gotten. Yeah. So listen. Well, he's been in charge, but whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I got you. But you know, at points, look. Things are looking upward. He wants to step aside. Go ahead, do it. He's still going to be involved yeah. with conversations with. I'm sure Gordon, if he has a question, yeah, or Gordon's going to go to say he, there. He's going to go to say there because that's the guy who kind of groomed him. Yeah. Now, who would be a good candidate for for that position as team president? That's the question now. What direction do the Rangers go in? Right, I've got Larry Brooks put out an article in today's New York Post, I believe. I is. might have seen. I think I might have seen. I'm, yeah, I might be wrong. There's a list of guys he put out there that I kind of agreed with for the most part. Okay. For me, the top top two choices were easy, and he he had it right. John Davidson. Oh, JD, good JD. old JD, absolutely. Former Ranger goalie and broadcaster. Now is Loved the president. Him as a broadcaster. Yeah, president of hockey operations for the Columbus Blue Jackets. 
So it'd be in, he was with the Blues for a while as well. He was well. with the Blues, and now he's with the Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting name. I think J.D. would actually do that. I hope. I think J.D. would actually come back to New York. I hope he would. Maybe he'll take over for Micheletti also. Oh, no, don't do that. Joe's a good guy, man. I know he's a good guy, but. I like Joe. There's nothing wrong with Sam and J.D., though. There isn't. There is not. Yeah. But I like Joe. I don't dislike Joe. <clears throat> You're making it seem like you it's do. It's just Sam and J.D., man. Yeah, Sam and J.D. That I'm, was the uh, team. In the 94, you know, the call, but even still. Even up until I think Joe came in post lock, post the first lockout. Yeah. But, you know. The, the second guy was Steve Eiserman, Ooh. Former GM of the best team in hockey, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Everyone in the hockey world believes he's going to go to Detroit and maybe be a successor to Kenny Holland. Um, yeah, go back home. Listen for the team he built in Tampa. That's an unreal. I mean, that's his finger. That's his fingerprints overall. Oh, that oh, entire of team. Hundred percent is. So he he's someone who was on the list. Uh, I believe Larry Brooks also had Brian Leach on his list, which is an interesting. I saw something one. with Mark Messier. I, I, no offense to those but guys. But I would not. I, I don't want I don't that. Want, I, they don't have. They don't have that, that experience. experience. Yeah. And another name I read was Dean Lombardi, the former general manager of the L.A. Kings. And I He am, built a really good squad. Too. He built, built a good squad, but I would totally be against that. Why? If you look at the teams he had in L.A., mm-hmm. how were they built? They were big and physical. In today's you don't, you NHL, don't see you don't see it's that. not big and physical. It's fast. Every Which is team, why that team sort of has... It uh, has the record it does. Yeah. They've never really wanted to move on. You see the Drew Doughty's of the world. The uh, I mean, I like Anze Kopitar, but the Anze Kopitar's of the world. Um, Dustin the Brown. The Dustin Brown's still, of the world. Yeah. You, those are big guys. Those are physical guys. Those aren't guys that necessarily are going to beat you with their speed. Mm-hmm. They're going to beat you with the physicality. Right. Which is why they had such a tough time against the Vegas Knights. And it's why they've had a tough and they, year this year. year. Yeah. And, and the other reason why I really like JD in this spot, mm-hmm. being from being in Columbus, he can bring over our Temi Panarin with him if he wanted to. <laughs> look at you thinking outside the box. Well, I, I mean, look. All right, so get all right. So since, since you brought them up, sure. JD and Steve Eiserman, you had your choice. If you were in Dolan's shoes, and if you were able to court one of them, and and just Give him the world. John Davidson. Really? Uh, For this fact that I don't believe Steve Eisenman would come. I think Steve You think he's set on going back to Detroit? I think there will be a plan in place in Detroit where Kenny Holland will retire within the next two, maybe three years. And he's going to take over. And Steve Eisenman will take over in that capacity in Detroit. That's That's just my opinion. I don't know fact. I don't. I haven't spoken to any sources in Detroit or with Steve Eisner. <laughs> you got to call your sources, I got to call my sources. You got to talk to your sources, man. That's what it is in this business. You got to <laughs> talk to the sources. But but that that's my... I, 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 I think, think John Davidson's a very interesting choice. Just simply because he used to play here. He was a, a, a broadcaster here. The career that he took on as an executive in, in hockey, when he did it with the Blues, he went over to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Just look at what that team has become, the Columbus Blue Jackets. They've been obviously a playoff contender for the last few years with John Tortorella and obviously Sergei Bobrovsky in that, Artemi Panarin, those guys. Um, 
And, and they've been a constant in the NHL and in the Metropolitan Division. They've been a thorn in the side of a lot of teams. They haven't necessarily gotten over that hump. Mm-hmm. Steve Eisman, on the other hand, built a team, a mega team, you want to say, that's been a constant in the NHL as well, mm-hmm. along with John Cooper and them boys, that have gone to a final against the Chicago Blackhawks that have been a thorn in the side of the New York Rangers and of every team in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> his fingerprints are all over this team. Oh, yeah. This is his team. Mm-hmm. He's not on the, He's not running him. Not anymore, but you're anymore. Right. But he is, that is his baby, his creation. And if you look at how Tampa has done it, just mm-hmm. to go back to Iserman, everyone's going to say, oh, well, they took Stamkos one and Hedman two. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. But look at what the pieces they put around him. Kucherov was a second-round pick. Braden Point was a later-round pick. They do it throughout the draft. It's not like they just do the first round. And and, and, and look at the names that you – Stamkos, Hedman, Kucherov, Tyler Johnson. Mm-hmm. Undrafted. Undrafted. Tyler Johnson. Andre Vasilevsky. Andre Palat. Andre Palat. Kalorn. And then obviously they, you know, they added other players with trades with the New York Rangers, <laughs> the, the Tampa Bay Rangers now, as I like to call them. Okay. Um, but still, like I said, that's his team. That's his baby. That's his blueprint. Mm-hmm. His fingerprints are all over that team. So, if you're asking me, who I would want to 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 get this team together collectively. To put them together, to build through the draft, to build with the correct free agents, correct trades, I think Steve Eiserman would be the best choice. Okay. Now, like you said, chances of him coming here to the New York Rangers, I'm not saying slim to none, but it's kind of a it's a slim. low a, a slim chance. Yeah. It's it's a low a low percentage chance. I see JD more as the 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 piece going forward. Right. I think the other thing with if it's JD is the fan base will be would instantly be instantly because if it's Eiserman, they're going to say, "Oh, he can run Tampa. Let's see what he can do here." And then, but the, the, but that's, the minute he doesn't have it, you know, no, but Stan still, coach. but still, but even still, we're we're fans of this team. Yeah, sure. We've we've been fans of this team for a long time now. This, this is a team in a fan base that if. Things aren't going right. They are going to be turning on you. Chances are, if JD comes in and for a few years things aren't going right with the New York Rangers and they're not going in the in the direction that they want to, the fans are going to turn on him as well. Just on the executive level, not as, you know, JD being that that guy. Right. But um either way they go, whoever they choose is going to have a task in front of them. Mhm. Jeff? Mm-mm. Oh, really? Caller, hello. How's it going? What up, man? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing all right. What's happening? Nothing much. What you got on mind? I don't know. You, you guys don't... don't know who this is? Say, we'll say it again? I'm supposed to do a phone hit with you guys at 3.30. Are you? Yeah. Are you sure? that's fine. <laughs> I'm not sure who this is. Well, who's this? Is this Jake? No, this is not Jake. You have the Where's wrong. Where's Jake? 
Jake is somewhere in Texas, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go track Jake down. You guys have a good one. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right, man. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> All I got out of that was, hey, man. I'm like, who is this? Yeah. And guy goes, I have a 330. I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> Wrong number, but still, thanks for calling. Yeah. Looking for Jake from State Farm. Yeah, Jake's not around. No. He's he's dealing with business in Texas, I think he is. Okay. But either way, back to the back, Rangers real quick yeah. before we go to break, right? <laughs> Listen, Your I, thoughts on what I was saying, though, because if, if they so happen to go to the JD way, what if things aren't working out? The uh, fans are going to turn on him as well. No, I, I think the fans would have more leniency. Yeah, but JD. if it's year after year, right? Right. Let's say if it, he takes over next year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you're taking over a young club, and you know that it's going to be a progress. It's it's going to be a process. Yes. It might not take. It might not be next year. But it, but it could start happening the year after that. Right. But even if that doesn't happen, it goes on two to three years. You don't think these fans are going to turn on him? I think there'll be somewhat of a turn, maybe. But I think the fans would more likely turn on Gorton than JD, if that makes sense. Well, Gorton will probably be the one out right? if that happened. But even still. Well, let's say this, though. And we don't know who it's going to be, obviously. Here's the deal. Whoever it is, president of hockey operations, if they work well with Jeff Gorton and they do what they've got to do come the draft... And And free free agency, agency. guess what? I'm not worried if they make the right move. And you know what? Obviously, there are going to be things that happen to where you could sit there and say, okay, this is the move. We as fans know the moves we want them to make. I I can tell you right now. There are two players. We want our Tammy Panarin. That's number one. I want a Tammy Panarin and I want Jacob Truba. Those would be the two names I want. You have said that before. Yeah. I I want a real defenseman. I I don't... I'm with Jimmy on the defense. It needs an upgrade. Well, Artemi Panarin would be adding more to the offense. Well, Panarin would, but Truba would help on the back end. So those would be two guys. Now, if you don't want to spend all the, that money, mm-hmm. that's fine. But let's see how they j- – don't just throw bags and bags at one or two guys. Let's – they have some depth up front. Yeah. You know, we talk about Heedle. He's had a really nice year. Leah Sanderson, uh, he's still learning the game a little PR bit. Yeah. Jimmy Vesey's had a really good year. He should have had a lot more goals than he has. Yeah. Especially in that first part of the season. It felt like everything that he was shooting was going at the net, but it kept, like, <laughs> he kept open, getting denied. Open nets getting denied. I mean, just he should have had at least like 10 goals in the first like month of the season. Yeah. But either way, Vesey had a, a, a nice year. Yeah. Obviously, Zabanajad's had a nice year. Zabanajad's had a career year. Yeah, Buchnevich has had a real. Buch has really turned it on later in the season than he did in the beginning part of the season. Obviously, mm-hmm. especially down this you know this last week, two weeks of the season, he's really turned it on. Yeah, and, and Kreider, you know, Kreider's done Kreider things. If he didn't get hurt, you know, maybe there would be he'd have some he's dealing with the numbers. upper body, right? He was dealing with some upper body issues, and look. Brett Howden's come through in yep. some ways. So Ryan Strom, who thought 
Yeah, you know, Ryan Strom since he's come to the Rangers. Stromer. Been, he's been fantastic. Seventeen goals with the Rangers. So there's a lineup that's there. They just need the one guy, I think, up front to put them over. And if that top line just of Panarin, Zabanajad, and Kreider, it just looks pretty. Who else would you go after on defense? If I can't if I can't get Jacob Truba, I, I would still look at Winnipeg. Tyler Myers is a guy who's out there. Mm-hmm. He's about six seven, six eight. He's a bigger guy. Moves the puck pretty well. Pretty physical defenseman. Um, that would be someone. I don't want anything to do with Eric Carlson. I'll be on record with that one. I, I know he's arguably the best defenseman in the league, but as Jimmy would say, I don't need another defenseman playing up front. Yeah. So I want more of a guy who's going to stand back. That works for San Jose. It doesn't work for us. It, it won't work. Yeah, you know. So, you know, if you want a real defensive guy, a guy like Mark Mathot in Dallas, who was Eric Carlson's partner in Ottawa, I know he's a little up there, so I wouldn't throw big numbers at him. But sign him to a two-year deal where he just plays defend, defends and plays physical, I'd be okay with that one too. Let's get you for team president. Listen, I'll tell you this. I do a podcast with a couple of my buddies, and our ending segment usually, I will pick, you the- <laughs> I will play like as a fantasy general manager going through cap stuff and free agency. Yeah, let's get, you for, other let's get you for team president. How about that one? All right, I'll call Dolan in the morning. <laughs> you know, I'll call him. I'll call him right after the show and call. Him. Listen, you need you need Mike Griffin. <laughs> Mike Griffin is your guy moving forward. I know we want JD, and I know you want Steve Eiserman possibly, but Big Mike Griffin is the way to go for you. <laughs> Mike Mikey Rifkin will get you the wins. Mikey Rifkin will get you to the to to the Stanley Cup final and get you over the top, and he will go down. And, in, in the history of the New York Rangers <laughs> as the most successful team president in team history. With oh, man. That, with that being said, um, we're going to go to break. Uh, real quick, Sean McVay's house got burglarized. For those of you who care about that, uh, missing $20,000 worth of jewelry and purses after burglary, burglary Thursday night while no one was home. Tough, so, just a tough year so far for Sean McVay. You think it was someone still salty after the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, it has to be. It has to be that. Must be a Rams fan. St. Louis Rams fan, not L.A. Rams Not fan. L.A. St. Louis Rams fan. They're still salty about the team moving. Oh, man. If that's the case, you go after Kroenke. <laughs> Don't go after Sean McVay. Jeez. Guy's like 33 years old and you're going after him. Yeah. Sheesh, man. Get your priorities straight, people. <laughs> We're going to go to a break. Uh, WrestleMania talk coming up next. Uh, WrestleMania is at MetLife Stadium this Sunday. Super excited about that. Yeah, you are. Oh, We're going to break. <laughs> you're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to Jock Talk on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Bienvenidos. Senores, oh, Robot Man. Got him. You got him right before he got got into the show, man. I did. Wow. It's been a while since I heard that guy. I don't know what he was thinking of trying to make a Uh, sack fly. Uh, Still watching the White Sox-Seattle Mariners game. 
White Sox up six to three as the Mariners just scored on a on a uh, sacrifice fly to right field. Um, six three top of the fourth inning. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, not only is the Final Four on this weekend, not only is MLS soccer on this weekend. I know a lot of you don't care about that, but I do. Not only is Premier League soccer on this weekend or La Liga. Sunday is the spectacle of all spectacles. The who's who will be there. The who's who. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You like what I did there. I I know you liked it. I I do. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, the WWE has their Super Bowl this weekend at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, also known as the Meadow Dumps. <laughs> so WrestleMania 35. Am I correct? You're correct. All right. Just have to make sure I got the number right. The whole X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know Roman numerals. Either. No, I do. I just. I, it I, gets me on yeah. the Super Bowl. It gets me here. Oh, now it does because they involve the L and oh, it throws oh. me the hell off. WrestleMania 35 has made its way to New York. Hall of Fame will be on Saturday mm-hmm. in the big city. Brooklyn, Barclays. Yep. But the main event, obviously, they, they had access yesterday. Oh, this entire weekend they had it mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, Natalia was there. All you know, all the people were there. Mm-hmm. Diamond Dallas Page was there. Um, but the big show is on Sunday, and it's something we look forward to every single year. Big Mike Rifkin will be there. Um, the boys from the Sunday show will be there. They'll have a tailgate. Um, looking forward, they're looking forward to that one. I'm, I'm sure they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but Big Mike, you got it there. What are you looking for? I'm lo- anything, brother. You're looking for anything. Uh you can give me. Uh, you can give me the Taker music. You can give me the Stone Cold music. Um, anything you want. Anything you want at that point. But. This is an event that we all look forward to, especially, you know, growing up. We were all fans of wrestling. WrestleMania was always so much fun. You know, the Undertaker's undefeated streak for so long. The Rock and Stone Cold matchups. Um, This is a nice little twist. (laughs) Um, But Big Mike, man, what are you most looking forward to since you're going to be in the crowd on Sunday at MetLife? It's actually going to be nice, too, I think. Is it? I hope so. Uh, my big, I'm looking forward to the whole show. I'm looking forward more so to the atmosphere. Yeah. Because this is different. This is like going to the Super Bowl. This is like going. Yeah, exactly. This is You're this, right. This is WWE's Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Um, that's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, what match are you looking forward to the most, though? The match I'm looking forward to. On, on on the on the main card because I mean listen we have the Ronda Rousey Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair match mm-hmm. we have Triple H Batista we have uh, Randy Orton and uh, AJ Styles right Kofi Kingston Daniel Bryan Brock against Seth Rollins Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre 
those are some of the matches at the Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. Um, Braun Strowman going to, uh, go, going up against the two SNL dudes. Um, you I, know, I, I'm looking forward to AJ and Randy Orton. That's going to be a good one. I think that's going to so. steal the show. I no, really I, th- I think the women are going to steal the show. Well, the women are in the main event. They are. But, but I think gonna that, be, that's going to be fantastic. I think that's the one that's going to put this above some of the most recent WrestleMania. Okay. Because some of the most recent ones have been pretty good. They're not they haven't been terrible. They yeah. They've been all right. They've lacked something yes, though. They You're have. right. Since the Taker streak, there has I mean, we can look back to the one in Orlando where Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy came out mm-hmm. and I mean that one was electric because the Hardy boys came back. Mm-hmm. But then you look back to the one with the streak, uh, how that one ended, the Daniel Bryan beating beating uh Dave Batista mm-hmm. and uh, was it Randy, Randy Orton, Orton for the title? His, you know, his homecoming, like his homecoming to the WWE, and again, I mean, we've seen some big moments, but we haven't seen overall shows that have been like from start to finish just absolutely bonkers. Right. But I think this one might actually be that one. Right. I hope so. I think most people are. Oh, the. Uh, not if the ads want yeah, to let everybody just <laughs> just just let it sink in a little bit. <laughs> I hear the if I hear the gongs, man, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I am absolutely losing my mind because he is my favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah. Well, it is speculated, it is rumored that the ta- that Undertaker will be in the area. Mm. Uh, will he make an appearance? Will he cost somebody? Ma- we don't know. But are you are you looking forward to him being there? Possibly, oh, of course. Anytime there's a legend there, you appreciate that legend. And you know he may not be my favorite of all time because that belongs to the Rock. But Taker's a close two. No, Taker is my is my guy. There's just nobody above him to for me. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you can look at the Rock and you know Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know Shawn Michaels, Triple H. You know, some of those guys that are in, in our era, Eddie Guerrero, mm-hmm. the guys in our era, yeah, those are all great. RVD, mm-hmm. but nothing equates to. No, because the they don't have that me. legacy. Yeah, either. like Undertaker. Undertaker to me was that guy because of the fact that my mom always hated me watching him on TV. Just because of like the whole dead man complexion. Okay, yeah. But she's take that garbage off. You're too young for that. Ma, relax. It's. It's wrestling, like you know. It's see, my mom didn't care because my dad would watch. It. Yeah, no, I'd be the only one that watched it. Yeah, in the house, but just looking at the matches now. Mm-hmm. Let's just look at the main card, uh, for example, right? Okay. Randy Orton, AJ Styles. We all know what those guys have meant to the business of wrestling. We all know what Randy Orton has meant to the WWE. Mm-hmm. For the last 15, 16, 17 years or whatever it was, or whatever it is he's been with the company. Mm-hmm. What do you see happening in that? Do you? How do you see that outcome of that match happening? I think AJ's going to win the match. You think so? I do. I, I think it'll be a really good match. I'm waiting for the, the RKO out of nowhere. Out of nowhere bit. But I think at some point AJ You're just going to see him. him like chilling there. <laughs> just <You're> like, <laughs> how did he do that? <laughs> RKO out of nowhere. Probably when when AJ goes for the phenomenal forearm, he'll yeah. get him, and you know everybody will go, "Oh my god, holy crap! What the hell?" Man, I'm not wrong, am I? No, you're not. <laughs> you're not wrong. 
But uh, you see AJ winning this match. I think AJ wins. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston. That one's been sort of like. This is so close because. Their talents. No, because everyone wants. I would Kofi want Kofi Mania. to win. Yeah, I would want. Kofi I, I to win. think That'd most people cool. do. That'd be pretty cool, but it's not going to be Kofi. It's probably going to be Daniel. Bryan. I, I think Brian might retain. Yeah. I do too. But it'll be a stupendous matchup. Oh, just simply fantastic. because, I, just simply based on their talents alone. Of course, the high flying Kofi Kingston, the 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 fast moving Daniel Bryan, the knee hitting Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. That's what that match is probably going to be about. Um, Roman Reigns and Drew not going to Purdue. Not Purdue yet. wasn't able to make it to the Final Four, damn it! Not yet, anyone. Not yet, at least. <laughs> but Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. How do you see that one coming out? Because Drew McIntyre has been a thorn in the side of, of Roman Reigns in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, busting him down during, uh, you know, uh, interviews during Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, matches, getting in the ring, interfering. Mm-hmm. What do you see happening there? I think if they... they portray this to be what I think it will be, which it's going to be a slugfest. A lot I'm, of Superman punches. Yeah, a lot, lot of, of a spear, lot of spears. I think it's going to be Drew McIntyre. Really? I think Roman did just come back. You don't think they would want to give Roman that sort of welcome back WrestleMania moment? I think it's... I, I don't want to sound mean when I say this, but him being in the match right now... Is a, a, alone Alone, itself. a big enough story... I think McIntyre kind of needs it a little bit more, especially if finish it though. If something, you know, if they portray him to be the next contender for the Universal Title. Real quick, no, you can leave the music. All right. Speaking about a topic we were speaking about previously. Okay. Of the New York Rangers, according to Larry Brooks of the New York Post, Lightning architect Steve Eiserman is interested in the Rangers' top job. Ooh, okay. So just, uh, that's according to multiple sources with knowledge of his thinking that I've told the New York Post. So just, so put that there. That would be interesting. Oh, man. To say the least. And the Rangers and Lightning are already great trade partners. Mm Mm-hmm. Literally. (laughs) Just trade. (laughs) Hey, Steve, just do me a favor. Get... If you want to get us 91 or 86 yeah, from Tampa. Get me 91, please, if you don't mind. 86. I mean, if 86 wants to tag along, that's cool, too. <laughs> you know, we'll send you a couple guys back. Send, send you something. Send you a fruit basket. <laughs> the jersey off our backs. <laughs> but uh, back to um, back to uh, WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre is what we were talking about, correct? Yes. Uh, I think they would want to give Roman Reigns that that moment, that his moment. WrestleMania moment, mm-hmm. coming back from the health scare with the cancer. Yes. I think he will end up beating Drew McIntyre. Okay. Um, but like you said, it's two big dudes going mm-hmm. at it. So, I mean, it's going to be a slugfest for sure. I believe so. Yeah. Let's hope. Absolutely. Uh, let's look at the main event. Okay. Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. And the match that I think will steal will end up stealing the show. Mm-hmm. Not even just because it's the main event, but it's the women. Right. Being center stage at WrestleMania mm-hmm. for the first time ever. Yes. And the three women that the company views as 
the it the the it team. Right. The big three. The big three. Good job. The big three. How do you see that one coming out? Okay, I'm really intrigued by this whole match also because of this stipulation put in by Stephanie McMahon. Mm-hmm. I believe she said, what was it, winner take all kind of deal. So mm-hmm. it looks like they're going to unify, maybe unify both belts. The fans, my inner fan tells me I want Becky Lynch to win. Okay. Because if you, the story has been this quote-unquote heel turn from Becky's occurred since SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she had the nice run and then loses the belt to Asuka. The storyline just screams, just have Becky win. Yeah. Literally. Th- th- that's what Everything st- that she's gone through or that, you know, in, in, in the situations that she's put herself in the last few months... Have, like you said, have literally screamed, give me the belt. Give Becky the belt. Mm-hmm. But there's also a part of me that says Ronda's going to win just because she's Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. WrestleMania. So th- that's where I'm really torn. I also wouldn't be shocked if Charlotte won. Any one of the three can win the match. Yeah. You know, that that's the great thing about this match. I think if there's anybody they would give it to, it's probably Ronda. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go with somebody who will not only please the crowd, but just, you know, just simply the performance that she's put on the last few months, it would be Becky mm-hmm. to win the title. But I would not be shocked if Ronda wins it. I wouldn't Retains it. Yeah. Um, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Just have Seth win. I would love that. Just <laughs> kick Brock Lesnar to the curb or to the curb. Let him go to UFC. Yeah, and let him fight, go. Fight Daniel Cormier. <laughs> let him go. We have Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship. I'm going Finn. with the Demon. Demon Finn. Okay, I'm I'm here for that. Yeah, I'm here for that. Demon Finn wins. I'm not a big fan of Bobby Lashley, anyways. The, the, dude, that is like the least. Exciting bring back yeah. in the history. Yeah, of it was just least exciting bring back. Absolutely. Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship. As big of a Mysterio fan as I Samoa was, Joe, Samoa I Joe. Okay. Uh, we got The Miz against Shane McMahon in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Falls Count Anywhere, huh? Yeah, you know they're just playing that one spot with Shane McMahon yeah. at the top of something. Into the table. <laughs> Into, onto a table. Yeah. Something. Give me Miz. Miz, yeah. It takes away from the real match we should have had, though. What? With Miz and Miz's dad versus Vincent Shane <laughs> for control of the company. company. <laughs> uh, we have Baron Corbin going up against um, Kurt Angle in his last match, in his final match. I um, really hope it's not Corbin. I, wow. You would think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think most people feel that way. Yeah, we listen. We all know, Kurt Angle sucks. But not that much. I'm kidding. Give uh, me Kurt Angle. I'll yeah, take same. That. Um, Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Nia Jackson Tamina against the uh, Iconics versus Beth Phoenix and Natalia. I'm gonna go with the Iconics. Really? Yeah. I kind of feel like the women's tag titles were meant for them, being they were 
real team. Not saying that Sasha and Bailey aren't, but also they teased that little Sasha Bailey thing early. That now they've had the moment where mm-hmm. they were the first champ. So yeah. see what happens there. The Usos versus the Bar versus Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Alistair Black and Ricochet. Usos. I'd like to say the bar, but I don't think it'll be the bar. Okay. The Revival versus Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder <laughs> for the Raw Team Tag Team Championship. If the Revival don't win, I don't know what to say. Give Zack Ryder his moment, bro. He had his moment. Woo, woo, woo. He had that you moment. No. He had that moment in the ladder match at He did. 30. He did. Two. That was a great moment, actually. Was it was. Great, it really was a great moment. That was at uh, the Louisiana Silverdome, brother. I think it was. I thought it was in Dallas. It might have been in Dallas. It might have been either one of the Silver Domes, brother. <laughs> They're both silver. They're both silver. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. It's, you know, it's sort of like that Dude, undercard. Dude, when Colin Jost wins that, people are going to riot. He's so sick to my stomach. <laughs> The women's battle royal. I'm going Oscar. Okay. Triple H versus Batista. That's I, the last one here. I'm going Triple H. Really? Oh, that's interesting. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Batista won, and that's how Triple H retired. Mm-hmm. Because that's the simulation. But I, I just think there's something lacking there, but I, I'm going to go with Triple H. I don't know who I want to go for in that one. Do I really care? Do you? No, because Triple H, it's always Triple H in those in those in those matches. Like, it's not really all that intriguing. I want to say mm. that's the reason why I would say it. That's the reason why. I would yeah, say it. it's really not not all that much. Mm-hmm. But what is the moment that you are most looking forward to? The entire. In, for the entire the entire show. show. What I look forward to most of all are not like the celebrity appearances, but the Hall of Famers that show up. And when they do that kind of segment, I look forward to that. I'm looking forward to the main event, obviously, the triple threat for the women's title. I'm just looking forward to the show in general. Who's going to be your surprise appearance? Who do you think is going to be the surprise appearance is how I wanted to word it. Okay. I, I, the guy who's been reported. Taker. Taker. And not to spoil anything, I kind of got a feeling when he will appear. You can tell me after. I, I'll tell you after. Tell me after. Anybody else? Just Taker. Probably going th- maybe John Cena. Yeah. I, I could see that I, one. I would love to say Rock. But I don't know if that'll actually happen. It's uh, Barack always shows up, okay. even for even if it's just for an appearance. That's true. Shows up. Stone Cold showed Stone up Cold. the last few years. Stone Cold, that'd be a cool one. It would. Be. That'd be a really cool. We one. all know who's not showing up. That's Chris Jericho. Oh, that's upsetting too. <laughs> just for that, you just made the list. <laughs> <laughs> you heard um, Jim Ross signed Jim with Jim Ross going to AEW. Yeah, good for him. Good. Good. So, that pretty much takes us to the end of the road here for the week. Um, but a lot of things to look forward to. We have the Final Four to look forward to this weekend. Obviously, WrestleMania to look forward to this weekend. 
I have my soccer to look forward to. I'll be in Jersey. Uh, not for Mania, but I will be for a soccer game. <laughs> um, on tomorrow or Sunday? Tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow, yeah, man. 7 o'clock. If you guys want to watch the game, Red Bulls, Minnesota United. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. It's been a pleasure. Uh, always here to entertain you guys as best as we can. We look forward to doing the same thing next week. Same times, 2 to 4 p.m. here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. For James Baccioni and John Fogarty, who aren't here, our <laughs> producer, Big Mike Grifkin. I'm Renee Canales. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the Final Four. Enjoy WrestleMania. Enjoy whatever sport you want to watch this weekend. But, for, but most of all, stay safe out there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nice and warm. During the days, but it's going to be a little a little nippy at night. Bundle up. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great one. Have a good weekend. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio.